Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. All right, we're live. You're listening to the Shepherd Ambella Show. It airs Monday through Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central. We got a great guest today. We're going to be doing part two of the episode um, that we did the other day on targeted individuals telling his story. Uh, I believe it was episode um, 370 and Ben with a pin came on. The link down below is in the description to part one in case you're just tuning in. You can also uh, catch Ben with a pen on Instagram and uh, all that. So um, I was thinking, Ben, you know, uh, to anyone who's just tuning in and they're uh, not familiar with your story or targeted individuals or being gang stalked, you know, we'll get into a little bit of this stuff later in the broadcast as well, like some of the minutia of these operations, but maybe you can kind of read your part one for people in a, sure. you know, condense a brief, you know, intro five minutes or something and kind of just run sure. through what we talked about in part one and bring them to the point to where in your story and your personal experience where you are now in the story and, okay. you know, and then we can continue out the episode. So everyone cool been with a pen sweet okay so the last episode um essentially just to recap um i was in a pretty horrible relationship i was some pretty bad abuse you know and so i went through this breakup but at that point i got into drugs pretty bad and um people i was partying with and had known for a couple of years a friend of a friend at the time told me that they were informants so now I've got all this other stuff going on in my head. Like, are they after me? Am I in trouble? Is this what's going to happen? Uh, am I going to get arrested or anything like this? Um, at one point, I was introduced to an undercover cop or a person I believed to be an undercover cop. And we went on this trip from um, northwest Montana over to Seattle down the coast, the Oregon coast and back up and pretty much. Uh, dropping off money to people he owed money to, picking up weed from people he needed to get weed from, and a lot of anomalous things kind of going on during this trip. Like 
you know, are being followed. Um, interesting things I noticed, like, um, you know, like a dog not being super friendly to him. Um, and me kind of just really like starting to realize, like, I might be in some serious trouble here, you know, in over my head. Um, mm -hmm. It was all fun and games. Like up until that point, it was pretty much just like me partying with people and kind of just like trying to get over um, a, a bad breakup and just trying to like get my life back together. Um, but, you know, there's kind of a learning curve there involved with just like indulging too much. And it's like, I need to get it together. Um, yeah. Then I ended up getting, they sabotaged my car, which kind of kept me, stuck because then I went to get a ride to work and I got in a car wreck. And then right after that, my dad got murdered. So it was just like the sequence of events when I wanted to get it together led into just heavy drug use coping mechanisms and um, being kind of, because I wasn't able to walk after the wreck, I wasn't able to like really get a job and I still had bills. So it was pretty much stuck selling weed at that point and kind of getting in a little bit of debt with this undercover cop and, and these informants kind of being in my phone, maybe people within their um, group, like sabotaging my car are um, coming and going, checking to see how much money I had up in my bedroom, um, doors being unlocked, trying to get home, this kind of thing. And um, it just gets stranger and stranger until the end of 2016 um, when I decided to leave Whitefish. So yeah, that should catch you up to speed. Yeah, man, that, that's a lot of uh, stuff. And I recommend people just tuning in that did not hear your story in part one. Just click the link below for part one after mm -hmm. today's show and get a full recap. Uh, yeah. The pin on Instagram, B-E-N-W-I-T-H-A-P-E-N. -E uh, you can follow them over there. And... Uh, well, why don't we get into uh, today's uh, episode? Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, there was a few things I wanted to mention that are pretty key elements to the story. Um, so I had a friend, super close friend of mine that was, he was on meth for about eight years, you know, pretty deep into his addiction. And at this time I wasn't fully aware, like how deep the addiction went, but he had jokingly, or he claims it was a joke was like, had made a comment through text to um, the under the informant that I had originally been friends with, you know, Jake, the informant. And um, he, he had sent him a text about doing meth and kind of tried to play it off like a joke but then the informant came in like kind of confronted me about it I was like hey like so-and-so said that he's been doing meth like have you been doing meth and I was like I was like well I you know I've tried it but it's like too strong I'm not, not really into that so I think this was kind of like another one of those points in the story where like it kind of changed a little bit you know this was in um 2016 probably the middle of 2016 in the summer when this happened and um, he, the informant had another friend at one point before I, I got into drugs or anything. And I can't remember his name. I guess it doesn't matter, but he had been hanging out with this dude every day. And then all of a sudden that kid just kind of like fell off the map. And so I remember asking the informant like, Hey, what happened to your friend? So-and-so. 
And um, he's like, oh, we don't talk anymore. He got into meth. And so, like, yeah. ever since then, I kind of wondered if um, these informants are, like, given, like, you know, you, you give us the name, first and last name and phone number and address or something of a meth user. And then we'll start our little, you know, gang stalking program on them because they target tweakers bad. Tweakers are heroin addicts. They target them bad. Yeah. And and um, I always kind of wondered. So so now my friend, you know, and he's one of my close friends. He's been sober for a year now. Like he's doing awesome. And like, you know, I'm super happy, happy. But at the time I went to, I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like, you can't, don't, I told you he's an informant. Now you're telling him this. And um, so then the undercover cop and the informant, they're like kind of giving me shit about doing meth all the time now. It's like, I'm really just into Adderall and ecstasy. I don't smoke weed, wasn't doing meth, definitely not shooting up. I would take random pills, maybe, but also like my legs fucked up. So like painkillers were kind of helpful at the time. Like I would seek them out on occasion. So it's like, you know, the whole muscle ripped in half and my back like compacted. And so, you know, painkillers helped, but they really aren't my jam. And I'm pretty much as a speed freak, like ecstasy, Adderall, like Adderall's manageable for me until it became not manageable for me. Mm. Ecstasy is not around and I enjoy it, but I, I just don't really do it anymore. I don't really seek it out or Molly or any of that yeah. shit. But so that that's a pretty key um, element that had, I forgot to mention on the last one, I made a checklist here so I can stay a little bit more focused than the last episode because I was jumping around a little bit. I just want to make it a little bit more sequential for everybody. But sure. um, that was, so yeah, I mean, I feel like it changed a little bit at that point. I also know that there were other informants around town um, asking about drugs and um weird happenings like there was this little there was a dude in whitefish that like he was a heroin addict he he ratted out this kid that was selling coke and had introduced this isn't that prominent or you know important to the story but there was this dude we knew he was an informant he had been like a heroin user he got busted with heroin multiple times which in montana like they don't fuck around with that like if you get busted you don't become a for informant you're going to prison you know, yeah. there's no probation for that shit. Certain states are like, uh, yeah, stringent on certain things. It's, it's, yeah. So, so this kid, I'm pretty sure, like, once he locked into me having the ecstasy around, I think he ratted me out. I started noticing weird shit around town. This is about this is 2016. This is about the time, maybe, or like a little bit of the gang stalking I picked up, but really just in Whitefish. Mm -hmm. When, when the informant had confronted me about doing meth. I didn't think about it. I didn't think much of it at the time. It's like, it's not my, definitely not my drug of choice. Definitely not something I seek out. You know, I've done it a little handful of times over the course of a few years and it's just not my thing, you know? And, and I got like a, a soft spot in my heart for people that like have that addiction and have to deal with that. And, you know, even though like most of society just sees them as like the worst of the worst, you mm -hmm. know? That people probably hate tweakers more than like heroin addicts, in my opinion, because they're just a little more off the rails. Yeah. And it's kind of know how it all works or whatever. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So, um, so that was that was a pretty key thing. Now, also in 2015, 2016, after I was told by informant B that they were informants, um, I started doing a lot of research. 
how to identify an informant, how to identify a cop, how to tell someone's an informant or a cop, like what signs to look for. Like these guys were meeting the whole checklist, just boom, boom, boom. They're reckless. They have money that you don't know where it comes from. Number uh, one, number uh, one on was do they eat donuts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Exactly. No, I'm kidding. No, it's well, yeah. <laughs> um, so also in this 2015, 2016 era, like when my car initially got sabotaged, these are just things I wanted to like clear up real quick. That I didn't mention in the last episode. Um, I became, I pretty much became like a Subaru mechanic overnight, carbon sabotage. And what they do is they loosen points underneath the car to drain out a little bit of oil. Because once the oil goes, your car overheats, the head gaskets go and it's fucked. And this can be overnight if they do in the right spots. It seems like they'll, they'll pick out a few, like, um, a, a few screws and they'll just do it like a, like a quarter turn to a half turn. And then it'll start working its way loose and shit. Yeah, yeah, it'll work loose on its own by rattling around. You, at first, you think, oh, I just have a little leak, but you would never think, oh, someone's undone the screw. So these are the things I'm starting to look for. They also will, like, loosen the, the hose would, clamps. They would put my big truck in, like, four-wheel drive, so I would drive it on the pavement like that and have to buy, like, five transmissions and shit. Oh, yeah, they love that. You know. Um, the, they loosen the hose clamps um, to your coolant lines. Once the coolant goes, your car overheats like a motherfucker, and it's just done, dude. You know, you throw a rod, you lose a, a head gasket. And, and at first, all you think is, oh, there's a leak. Because in your mind, you don't think anybody would be this malicious towards you. Right. And, and so this is about how it goes. So I'm, like, reverse engineering this. I was going to put new head gaskets into the white Subaru. Mm-hmm. And um, this is how I started, like, really fig- getting that dialed, like how to become a mechanic, essentially, you know. And um, it was a lot of work. It was a lot of work. But then that car ended up, uh, I had ran so much like distilled water through that it, it boiled over and melted through like the reservoir at the top. And I blew the rod two weeks after I finally got that car put back to it. Oh, no. Oh, shit. So I was out of a car, you know, that same car. And yeah. Just really fucked at that point. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that, that, that covers a few things. Oh, also when I was doing the research, I would um I was like they gotta be putting like pinhole cameras in my walls or something like true you know truly looking paranoid as fuck so I'd be like turning off the lights and turning on the um camera on my phone and looking around to see if there are pinholes so the way you would check for that is you shine a light you make your room dark you shine a light on the walls and if you see a little spot like it's kind of semi reflective you know there's like a pinhole camera in the wall. Yeah. checking the walls i probably looked insane but like i didn't have a choice at that point i was you know too scared of like getting in trouble so um that's when i realized oh it's the phone it's like they do it all through the phone yeah they track you through the phone they listen to conversations through the phone they go through your accounts they go through your text messages text logs direct messages they go through your email i mean once they get into your phone you're fucking dead in the water that they got they you. Tell me what I was eating and shit. They'd be like, man, you should stop eating peanut butter and jelly for breakfast. That's not good for you. I mean, they were kind of right. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> no, not, I got you. Yeah, but they but, would know like a specific food. I mean. Well, so, so what the cop would do, so what the cop would do to me is like if um, he'd go through my Instagram 
and then when I'd see him later that week or something, he, he'd be like, oh, man, you ever heard of this artist? Like, what do you think about doing art like this? But it was like an artist that I had just went through their Instagram and like liked a bunch of their images. Or, or another thing that he loved to do um, is like, you know, if you follow models, uh-huh. like some hot model on Instagram. Oh, yeah. He, I would go through and like like their pictures and then he would come back to me like super vulgar and shit. He's like, oh, what do you think of black chicks? Nice little tight asses and shit. Like he would say he'd get like super vulgar about it. Uh-huh. And like it, I'm like, what the fuck? Like you don't at the time. I, I'm like, he's got to be going through my phone, but you don't want to accuse him. because I wasn't sure if we were still friends. It was like becoming more queer. You, you kind of like have these thoughts like, I don't know. I don't think they'd be doing that. And if they are, oh, well. But then you think later, like you find out they're really doing this shit. And you're like, what the fuck? It's so like, yeah, it's pretty nasty for sure. Okay, so. Huh? Rusty's joining us as well. Okay, yeah. What's so up? What's up? What's up? Hey, how you doing? Doing cool. I love your shirt, bro. Yeah, thank you. Hell yeah. That's OG, man. I got the same one. Oh, really? I got the last yes. one. I got the last double XL. I'm super stoked on it. Mine's in freaking laundry right now. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> we got, can we get you to turn down your microphone a little so I can adjust us a little better? Yeah, you, uh, Ben. I don't, I'm not sure how I can turn it down. Maybe on the settings in the StreamYard there's a settings dial and just go to audio and make sure it's not going to auto adjust. There's might be something like that and just turn it down a little and that'll help us Rusty, or maybe turn yours up Rusty, if you can. I don't know how to do that. Okay. Just using my phone. But, uh, yeah, man. Uh, what, uh, it's good. You stopped in, uh, Rusty too, because at the end of the show, I want to mention a couple, uh, things that are going on. And get your take on it as well. But uh, what do you think of uh, Ben with a pen, man? I know uh, you listened to part I, one already. I I, I I like it. Keep going with your story, sir. Um, how does this sound? Has that audio? Is that better? Yeah. That's good? Okay, cool. Let me see if I can get back in here. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Um, and it's a long time coming to be able to tell this on like a big platform because I was wanted to be super selective about who I thought about going to the confessionals. Oh yeah. But, He's a cool I dude. Love Tony. Tony's awesome. Yeah. I, but then I heard Shepard on the confessionals and just knowing his backstory was like, this is the guy, this, this is the guy that like, not only I identify with what he's been through, but I know that it's kind of just a better starting point. Like he has a better understanding than other people that haven't oh, experienced yeah. this. That's why I reached out to him, you know. That's how I found Shepard. Yeah. Through the confessionals. Totally. <laughs> <me now>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was talking with Tony about uh, how they were censoring me and stuff, like, behind the scenes. And I'm like, I'm like, man, I keep losing followers. And he's like, well, we're going to see if we can gain you some followers on the confessionals. And I'm like, well okay you know but i'm not that optimistic uh or whatever because i'm so censored and i think i i think that i lost like a thousand followers since that show so like i think they keep dwindling me over time just like a couple followers a day or something and i can never no matter what like i could go on the biggest show in the world and not 
gain i'll just continue to lose yeah followers until they're gonna get me down to like zero and then that's when you know you're a badass motherfucker <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's like next level <laughs> um all right let's get back on continue on here yeah um continue please so another thing like once i realized that they're running all this through my phone is when i i started doing weird shit with my phone like if i was doing a drug deal i'd leave it in another room i would leave it outside in the car i would leave it under a pillow muffled if i didn't want to be tracked i'd pull the sim card out uh or didn't want the most pull the sim card no, that- out but that's actually just smart i mean they really can track us all through the totally yeah. right yeah and i mean it's got to be extra cautious because it's like this or going to prison and it, you got to remember like i'm not like the i'm not like a big time drug dealer and it's not like i was moving like serious weight like i've seen the guys that really do and it's like that's just i just needed to scrape by until my leg healed that was it so yeah um Okay, so I guess we'll pick up right here then. When it was about Halloween of 2016, um, the cop and I, I needed to go to Missoula. He had to go pass through Missoula to go to Spokane. So he was going to drop me off. I was going to go party. Um, this is about around the time he wanted me to like work for him by like, you know, being at that safe house or, um, or being a driver like he was gonna pay me good money to be a driver to go to the coast and back but that you know i just i was too nervous about that i didn't trust him and um so i get to missoula and um my, i hit up my friend like yo you should hit up so and so bring some e down here and we'll party for fucking halloween and that was the plan and my buddy gets there i'm like all right sweet thanks for bringing that like here's a couple for you and um whatever um, at one point, the cop, like, tells me, he's like, oh, I, I was like, so what are you going to do for all? He's like, oh, I'm just going hunting with a buddy. And I'm like, oh, okay. Hunting. He's like, yeah, I'm going bird hunting. I'm like, all right. So, like, the night, I, I'm staying at a friend of a friend's house. She's letting me house sit just for the weekend because she's just, you know, being cool, helpful. And so I'm crashing there. And at one point, he drops me off over there, but I didn't really want him to see exactly which apartment. I went to bed. <laughs> And every my kind of my ritual every night was like before I go to bed, it's like I um, put the phone in airplane mode, I turn it off, and I pull the SIM card so they're not looking around on my phone like while I'm sleeping. And it's a very paranoid way to have to live. Now they can probably barbecue you with it and shit. You know, oh, for I'm- sure, yeah, radiate you while it's close to your head and shit. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, they do do shit like that. I think sure. they do that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right. or, or maybe they turn it up to a frequency that kind of hits a point to make you more paranoid actually or depressed trip on this fucking shit okay i shit you not this happened the other day and you just reminded me of this the other night mm-hmm. so it was super quiet and sometimes i put my phone by me because i'll listen to like art bell when i'm falling asleep and then i'll Hell kill yeah. But like the phone's kind of near me, okay, and I'll just be like, "Fuck it," I'll I'll keep it like an like four feet away from me, and I'll be like, "Okay, at least I'm not gonna just get my brain totally fried." Like mm-hmm. that's probably far enough for now. Um, but this particular night, 
I put it about 20 feet away from me because I was charging it. And so I knew nothing was on and I woke up and it was dead silent. And I had my ear to the bed because I was like sleeping on my side. Mm-hmm. And so I hear this pulse, like a weaponized like pulse, like Morse code. But it also kind of sounded like when you have a cell phone, when someone's trying to call it and you have it near like a speaker cable and it goes, have you ever heard that? Yeah. Kind of sounded like that, but like different, but some kind of weaponized pulse. And then it would go, it was silent for like 10 seconds and then it would do it again and silent for 10 seconds. And so I go, this is fucking trip. So I pulled my head up off the bed and it wasn't doing it at all and i go are you fucking shitting me and i am i like getting resonance through this bed of like some weapon they're using on me at night yeah you know? oh for and sure my ear back down on the fucking bed and sure as fucking shit what's well, like, like think about what you have in your bed coils a you have in a string uh exactly you know you're like it's like oh, that okay yeah, I'm telling so, you a secret across this fucking piece of yarn with just the vibrations. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they just about, turn it up on you at times. Yeah, uh, there. I don't. I have one of those old school uh, type mattresses, not like the new foam kind, because I hate the new foam kind. So I bought the um, metal kind with the coils, so they could. Yeah. <laughs> fuck, it. dude, that's fucking crazy if they're doing that shit and i like caught them like i got almost got like proof i almost want to like um because to me that's like some kind of evidence i almost want to now hook up something to the bed or an experiment or a meter or a sound a mic or a yeah yeah you can get those little meters that like um pick up how many like decibels or like whatever waves are coming off of the towers near you if they're too close to your house you and can do that with Instagram. an AM radio. Like I should have yeah. bug detectors and shit at all times. And like yeah. What you do is you t- tune an AM radio to where it's like dead silence on the radio. And then you just kind of like cruise around the area and then you'll fucking, you'll pick it like, Or something. Yeah. Yeah. You'll pick it up. Oh shit. Yeah, <laughs> you could even like drive under like traffic lights, and then you'll hear the traffic lights changing on the fucking radio station on AM when you know when it's tuned dead silent. Oh, that's a trip. I might try that method. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, well, Ben, uh, continue. I didn't, I just uh, yeah. you remind me of that Keep going, bro. Yeah, <laughs> I just remembered that. Like, no, for sure. I, I get tripped out about that a lot. Like the whole idea of like these phones just radiating us to death. I sleep and I mean, and I get like in pain in my bed kind of. And I always think it's like my mattress or cause I sleep on my side or like, yeah. um, and then like, also I feel like I'm getting microwaves sometimes. And it looks like a thing I used to joke with about to people. Like, I think they barbecued me last night, but I'm sitting there thinking like, are they? So like, they could be. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, they're capable of it for sure. Right. Yeah, no doubt about it. There's nothing uh, new under the sun. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, so when I'm in Missoula on that Halloween, um, Cobb tells me he's going to go hunting, like bird hunting with his friends. Like One night, so I, I 
I'm doing my little ritual, you know, turn off the phone, pull the SIM, go to sleep. But right, I turned it all off. And as soon as I turned it off, I was like, I'm going to go smoke a cigarette. And I walk outside and I go, you know, I'm dressed in all black. I walk outside across the street and this white Jeep comes creeping up to the road. And I'm like, the fucking, and, and whoever's driving it, they just have something in their hand. Are they bumping like, the, I creep and I crawl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm looking it's at it like road. paranoid <laughs> and I'm on the right side. As soon as it pulls up and sees me, it flips at you <laughs> and just takes off and whatever's in its hand, it he throws to the ground. Mm-hmm. Cause I think, I think it was someone watching my phone. As soon as I turn it off, they're like, okay, I'm going to go do this real quick while their phone's off. But, and I had already got up and went outside. So as soon as he saw me, he flipped a bitch and got that, got out of there. Um, the next morning I'm talking to my buddy that came down I was like, dude, the weirdest thing, like last night, this Jeep pulled up. As soon as it saw me, it just took off, you know? Yeah. And then, and then I'm like, we're looking, we're over by this dumpster. I'm like, look at that dead bird. Like, that's so crazy. Look at it. And, and I'm like, it's like, that, like, how, why would it die right there? Like, not, it's all sprawled out. It looked like if it was sitting upright in a tree, it's just like a bird, like, uh huh, bird shaped, not with the wings out, you know? Yeah. And um, I look at it and it's got a 22 bullet in it. Weird. And, and I'm like, is, I was like, that is crazy. Who would just drop off a dead bird? Like, I'm, I'm a little oblivious, but it was just like definitely like some kind of like death threat, you know? Like, That's... fucking shoots a bird and like comes to put it on the porch or something. Yeah. But I, just, I caught him in the act. Yeah. That's like pretty menacing behavior, you know? So it, it's just more clear. Like, I got to get away from these people. Um, I don't know what, you know, it's, I don't know why I pissed them off so bad or if they just wanted me or if, there was like money on my head or something like, Oh, if, he, if you guys help put him away, you get this amount instead of this amount for informing on him, you know? Um, so well, that, you know, threaten you into something like I need you yeah. to do this or like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they have a lot of options coming out for sure. Yeah. So, um, you know, that Halloween, like, I get back into Kalispell or it's like a few days after now I'm like really freaked out. And, um, so at one point, I think I want to say it was that fall after Halloween, like the original informant and his girlfriend at the time get in some fight that I just hear about. And, um, apparently she was going through, remember I had said that like I had found those files on his computer. Yeah. Apparently, at some point, she had he had left the room and she was going through his computer. Oh shit! She came across Ooh. something and I I just heard about like they got in a fight and he grabbed her phone, her cell phone, and threw it against the wall and smashed it. Then it was like a blowout fight. I guess the cop like you know because what she found or something. Yeah. Well, later on, I talked to her about it and I was like, what 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 was with that? Like I I don't know what like what have pissed him off so bad. And she's like, she's like, I was going through his computer and I found this folder and it had all these naked girls in it. I'm like naked girls, not piecing it together really. And um, like naked girls, she's like, yeah, it was fucking weird. And I was just like, huh? I was like, so he broke your phone over that? And she's like, yeah, I guess so. You know, he was like super pissed. But later I make the connection. That's like, he, she finds his little pedophile folder, with all these naked girls taking selfies. He yeah. probably thought that she took a picture of that as evidence and he grabbed the phone and smashed it in case she had taken pictures of it. 
You said he labeled it something weird, uh, gel bait. bait. Or something yeah, like and I, I never got to ask her if, um, like, what the title was with you know the folder, but th this is what she had told me. So I think she came across it saying, "Oh, and get this." When when she came across it, his defense about the whole thing was, "Oh, so and so, this other informant, he's the one that downloaded it. That's not mine. Mm -hmm. It was the other informant had downloaded it." And this kid's crazy good with computers. Um, Siren, and then you said, "Did uh, you piss off someone to get targeted?" So, uh, they do you have any theory on um, why all of this kind of came about, or do you think you just found well, yourself? Kind of in the middle of that, those people uh, doing it, and the and you kind of knew they were doing it, and then they started doing shit or like, yeah, I, I think it was a lot of things. Um, well, here, let me let I'll answer that, but let me um, finish this real quick. The informant said that the other informant had downloaded it. Well, mm -hmm. I, I talked to my friend just last week, and she told me that that other informant that downloaded the child porn was accused of molesting his little sister oh, later what? in the more recent years. Yeah. Sick Fox. So, you know, so did, uh, yeah, now, did I piss some... so now, and then now people found this out or whatever. So, and you talked to this lady and so you, then you correlated that and it took a long time to piece it together for sure. And so do you think that, they targeted you because you know you started stumbling across this gang of gang stalkers and and or informants or yeah do you think they were targeting you from uh, before that. I don't think they were targeting me before before all of this. I think there's a few things. Um, well, you know, my buddy told the informant that he's doing meth. I think they turn in tweakers to get them targeted to kind of push them out of town or push them into such a bad situation that they just want to get clean on their own or get in some crazy accident and die or something. I think that because, um, so I think that's one point right there. I think another point is I know all their first and last names. I know where they were living. I had all their fucking phone numbers. I mm -hmm. knew their ins and outs of their drug dealings. They, they, I don't think, I don't think they could have, someone like that floating around. Because, you know, I went on the trip with the cop on pretty much his covert oper uh, operation or mission. And I met, like, all of his plugs, like, all in the Northwest. Not all of them, obviously, but probably, like, four or five of them, you know. And, and I also think that – I think that they were kind of trying to gauge, like, um, like, is this guy as shady as we are? And if he is, then maybe we'll put him on the payroll because that, that's what they do. They right. try to find people with low morals that they can have around. They also like to have drug addicts around. And I kind of met both criteria, but it was like, I'm not going to become an informant. So I think those are all uh, quite, quite a few of the things. But like I had said, like the informant dated this chick. I ended up dating her later. So there might be like an element of jealousy there too. Mm -hmm. Also, there could have just been a big dollar sign over my head. Like, hey, like, you know, for every time this guy sells you a few pills of ecstasy, like, we'll give you, like, a couple thousand. And you just keep building the case and building the case until we pop them. Right. You know, something like that. So there's a lot of elements. Like, I just got in a bad situation. And I think that there were other informants in town that, like, that um, heroin addict 
you know, I had mentioned he became an informant. Everybody, it's like known around town. And, and my buddy that was selling me Coke at the time, he's been sober for like six years. And um, he told me that that kid ratted him out. And the reason he didn't end up going to fucking prison over the whole thing was because he turned in the amount of drugs that he had to begin with. It's like he didn't rat anybody out to get out of trouble. He like turned in what he had and like got put on probation and had to go through this like program to get off of heroin. And he's like pretty much reduced his uh, methadone use down to like zero. So he's almost completely sober at this point. So it's pretty cool. But I think this is kind of, I think these are all elements of like what led to it, but, but, but but really everything after this, after this dead bird showing up the fucking 22 bullet in it, this is where, I mean, it's, it was already serious, but like, this is like more where the gang stalking shit happens. Cause in whitefish, like I noticed, like sometimes I'd go downtown and this woman would be like downtown, but it was like, got to a thing where it's like, I'd be going on a walk. She'd be showing up around town. Um, yeah. And then other times, like I'd be downtown, just like hanging out, smoking cigarettes. She would show up and like, try to talk to me and shit. I'm like, who is this lady? Is she always around when I'm outside? Like that's getting weird. Yeah. So strategically, I left my apartment in Whitefish because I was like, look, I've sold drugs out of here. I think I mentioned this in the last episode. Sold drugs out of here. They probably wore a wire in here. They definitely have a warrant, so that could happen at any minute. And if I live here, then they can just come get me anytime. But if I'm out of here, then they probably have to get a whole new warrant, a whole different place. That's what I thought, at least. I don't know. But that's what I assume. So, yeah, so I hope that answered the question. I, I I think I pissed them off for sure. Another another thing I think was um I remember like I, I remember um venting to my friend and telling him that they're like informants and just being like they're gonna fucking rat me out I'll fucking rat them out first and then when I reflect on that yelling that so I wouldn't actually follow through with that it's just I'm so like losing my mind at this point like. I remember thinking like, what if they were just listening on my phone and they heard that? That would make me a pretty threatening individual if they thought I was going to snitch them out, you know? Yeah. And and that could be another reason to throw me under the bus. So there's a lot of factors here. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. So, okay. So I find the bird. Now it's kind of getting into winter 2016 into 2017. Um, Which is crazy find that bird. That's just weird. Yeah. For sure. Well, and it's because like when he drove by in the um, Jeep and then went around, he had something in his hand. And I was like, what the fuck's in his hand? You know what I mean? And then he threw it on the ground and drove off. Also, that's but, like, it reminds me of some type of ritual or like witchery or something. Yeah. Well, I, I, this guy was like obsessed with like mafia movies and shit. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I was kind of like putting the dead horse in someone's mailbox or something, you know, yeah. horse head in there on their porch. You're going to make so. an offer he can't refuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he was obsessed with like cop movies and mafia movies, and and had a crazy temper. I didn't even get into that. This guy had a temper like you wouldn't fucking believe. Also, another thing I wanted to mention pre Bird was um, this cop was like trying to build up his clientele essentially, so he would get weed from the coast and he'd front it out to random strangers or friends of friends within like the Missoula um whitefish cowspell area and he had fronted out and then if anything happened he would also give them a gun oh if anybody fucks around here's a gun you know just go hide it what the hell 
So like this cops giving out drugs and guns to like people just to like build up the sales. It's fucking nuts. And um, okay, so at this point I moved to Kalispell. I'm, I'm pretty much homeless. I'm like couch surfing, staying with friends. I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I, in my head, it's like, I need to hurry up and leave the Valley. Yeah. But I, I need to like get out of here, but I didn't know where to go. I didn't really have the money. And I kept like trying to find jobs. Like I had worked at this place um, that like uh, designed headstones for oh. cemeteries and then installs them. Uh-huh. So I was working there. This is really where the gang start stalking started happening for sure. Um, just before this, just back up for one sec. The cop was going to pick up like a little black two door BMW from mm-hmm. Spokane. Mm-hmm. And I went on this trip with them. And I think this is like a pretty big turning point too. W- went on this trip and um, he, I'm like talking to him about something of, oh, I, I kind of like just being douchey and like bragging about some chick that I'd hooked up with. And he's like, oh, that must suck to know then. And I was like, suck to know what? And he's like, that it's never going to get any better than that. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? That's weird to say. Like, what? Yeah. So what do you like think of that? Because that's just like a well, any, like common. I, I, like, yeah. I, I think it was like a. Um, that's fucking weird. I think he said that as like, well, you're never going to hook up with another chick that hot because you're about to go to fucking prison mm. or mm. wind up dead. You know, it was like a threatening statement. Like a veiled threat. Yeah. Or, you know, something to like kind of give me, I don't know. He he made that comment and I'll never forget that. But we went and picked up this card. Like a psychological warfare, like, uh, you know, different techniques and stuff that people would use to like wear someone Mm -hmm. down and, you know. Or or like, um, it's just kind of menacing. And I like we went to pick up this car, and it, this car is exactly what you picture. It's a two-door BMW coupe, like some spy hunter shit. And he told me it was his dream car. He's finally getting it. This thing is fucking fast. He let me drive it. it was, that thing could go like a hundred fucking. I, I drove. I pushed it to one hundred and thirty on like a straightaway. Yeah, like I was just like, oh shit, <laughs> you know. But um, we pick up the car. We go pick up this chick that I was into in Missoula. We go party and he, um, um, we got some blow and some E and he's like, no, no drugs, no drugs. Like I, I got to go to bed tonight. Like I can't party tonight. I was like, okay, whatever. So me and her hang out all night and, um, he goes to bed. But like when I reflect on that, I kind of think that he didn't want to do drugs that night. Cause if you go and form on someone, I think they give you a P test to make sure you don't have anything in your system. I think, I don't know for sure. That could be it, but I know they smoke a lot of weed too. So that might not be true, but I think that's what happened there. This is when the gang stalking really takes off. Like we're getting into 2017. I'm working. uh, I I find that job at the headstone place. The guy would only pay me like $13 an hour, which I know I was like worth more than that. Cause he was having me drive all over the place. Definitely getting followed at this point. I was going to cemeteries. I went to the cemetery far north of Whitefish. Mm-hmm. And like this car would always be out there. And I had to be installing like a headstone in this car. And like I remember seeing this woman and I'm like, like, I saw you last time I was here and I waved at her. She just gave me like this weird look. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, why do I keep seeing you? I'm going back and forth from 
Whitefish the Kalispell and Kalispell the Missoula a lot and borrowing people's cars to get around and um those cars would get fucked with too and I'm see- like when I go from Kalispell to Whitefish there's like white vans behind me white cars with Texas plates mm-hmm. all the time and like in Montana like it's it's a such a small population a car from out of state stands out like a fucking sore thumb. Yeah, or it stands out. Yeah, big time. And and um, I don't know if it's like that now as much because the population exploded. But back then, I mean, know if there's like someone from out of town or whatever. Yeah, and the roads were pretty bare, especially like in the winter or spring. Um, but in the summer, it's like it's really big, uh, or like super populated because people come to visit. It's a lot of outdoor activities like lakes and hiking and hunting and fishing so it's just it's a big tourist place plus like glacier parks right there people love that they run like 100 or wait 1.2 million people pass through the park every summer you know we grew up enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features live betting options and the best daily promotions in the business and with BetMGM at your fingertips every play and every game matters more than ever place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com amazing to start your springtime adventure up around this and um so you know i'd see these texas plates and i I, just that feeling of like someone's following me because it's just i'm super on edge all the time which like obviously the adderall is not going to help but at the same time it's like i have no other escapism like reality is getting pretty heavy you know an undercover cop threatened me with a fucking dead bird now i'm getting followed everywhere and like this all stems from like getting in that car wreck and I think they sabotaged that car. It's like, I could have just been like working, but I was kind of on the run, you know? Um, I was staying with a friend. I, I was staying on the East side of Kalispell with this friend. He's like, Hey, I need my space back. So you're gonna have to go in like the next few weeks. I'm like, all right, cool. Um, I stay with another friend that's on the West side of Kalispell. 
And um, those neighbors, I noticed like whenever I'd go outside, they'd come outside. Whenever I'd like be passing another car, they'd be outside smoking cigarettes, staring at me. And this is like an element of the gang stalking. I started to feel like these neighbors were pretty much paid to keep an eye on me or like working with the cops and try and put me away or, and in my head, it's, it's not really clicking when I'm like, you know, sometimes I get followed. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, there's, they know everything about me. What the fuck is happening? Like, I don't understand. Like I'm selling a little bit of weed to scrape by. They know I can't really fucking work. Like I'm trying to get my shit together. I'm on Adderall. It's not like I'm shooting up and fucking giving out free needles to fucking 10 year olds or something. You know what I mean? I'm just like not doing anything dangerous at this point or at any point. And I'm like, who the fuck do they think I am? Like, this is getting nuts. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, I'm like, they must think I'm selling meth or selling heroin or think I'm like a fucking predator or child molester or something. Because this seems like excessive for a guy that's running around with like a half pound of weed and like some dab carts just trying yeah. to like scrape by and um did you notice things ramping up like uh, yeah oh like, yeah did like shit started happening more often yeah like, totally while i'm in kalispell yeah because in whitefish it was a little bit like that lady kind of see her outside one time behind this bar this guy that i think was an informant walked to me he's like hey can i buy an eighth of ecstasy from you and i had like a pocket full of fucking ecstasy and i was talking to that kid that I, that heroin act i know mm-hmm. is an informant and i just looked at him and i'm like you're fucking weird dude and he's like what and i'm like you're fucking weird get out of here and like, like he might have been trying to set you up like right yeah now. exactly in the alley yeah so like these are just a few elements but then like in kalispell like my friend's neighbor which was like across the yard and up mm-hmm. it was like like um apartments on this side apartments on this side and then i'm downstairs and they're up here and then there's like a little um laundry mat right there for the apartment yeah. complex plus we're in a school zone too so it's like i got weed in this school zone i'm like that's not a real good luck look you know <laughs> and um i mean the school is right there across the alley like you could throw a rock at it from the front door you know but um so you know these neighbors keep keeping an eye on me and <sighs> I, I had moved out of my buddies from the east side over to this on the west side. And my mom's friend, you know, a family friend, I've known her since I was like two years old. She's like, hey, like, Ben, why don't you come house at my house? I, she's like a flagger. She has to work out of town all the time. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, come house it for me. Like, I got, I have to go out of town for like a week to two weeks at a time all summer. Um, and I got two dogs, a chicken and two cats. So you just feed them. You leave the doors open. It's whatever. I'm like, thank God, you know, it's like a godsend. I'm getting out of the school zone, I'm going to a place nobody knows where I'm at. I'm yeah. out in the middle of nowhere. It, and this place is like kind of outside of Kalispell. It's between, it, it's kind of in the no man's land of the valley. It's like a place you pass through in order to get to another town. In the uh-huh. um, and I'm like, this is perfect. But then like shit started happening out there too. Weird. And, so, uh, so do you think that they when- followed me? moved out there and it progressed do you think they it was them the same people oh yeah the gang stalkers oh for sure then and, and and i know you know that cop he's I, I think he is an fbi agent those informants i think they're informants for the fbi maybe other agency i, yeah. I, I at this point i'm thinking there's multiple agencies but i know that i know that um the fbi goes after crimes against children cyber crimes 
and um, things that go against state lines and dangerous criminals. Yeah. Um, primarily. So I, you know, if they're following me then I got to be on one of these lists and, right. and, and I, I just kept thinking like, this is too much for a guy that's selling weed. This is too, way too much for a dude that's just selling. Cause they're up my ass. They're going through my stuff. They're going through my backpack. They're going through my car. They're going through my phone. They're, they're fucking with my car. Um, they know everything about me. So they have to know like that. I'm not like, no, I'm not doing dealing or doing any hard drugs. And, um, that I'm not like a predator of some sort. Right. So I'm like, what the fuck? And this is like, this is where, like, I think it's really dawning on me that like that undercover cop made me out to be a pretty fucking serious, like maybe a dangerous criminal. Uh huh. Because it, just like I said, it's just too much for a guy running around, uh, um, well, selling some weed and taking pills too. Like maybe they're just running an operation on you, you know, for some reason. I was target practice for sure. Yeah, or something. And also sure. you found that weird folder of yeah. uh, pictures. And so they knew that. And I um, know all their secrets about this. The FBI, they probably just, or the FBI um, informants they just recruited. I know yeah. where they live. I know their first, last oh, names. Wow. So that's crazy. I've heard story, similar stories um, like this, and I've heard in manuals that, you know, they basically what you're describing is like similar operations and stuff. Do you think uh, so? Well, what ended up happening? Because so like you're in a new location thing. Yeah. Uh, so I ended up working a little bit for the Headstone place. The guy wasn't paying me very much. This other guy that was painting houses offered me $15 an hour, which, you know, back then it was like 15 bucks an hour under the table. Fuck, fuck yeah. Like, you know, get the money I need and move out of here. But that guy just like wouldn't fucking pay me for some reason because he's just like a shady contractor, you know? Oh, yeah. That's so, Not yeah, he, he like fucked me bad. Basically, you're in this position that we're like, I don't know. That just seems like another form of draining in a way. Oh, for sure. Or whatever. It, like, I, I often wonder, like, did the cops hit him up and like, hey, don't pay this guy. Go work you can out of him. Don't fucking pay him because we need him. You know, because it sure came across that way because it's like I am like destined. I was literally that whole summer. I was barely getting gas and like, I bought this red Subaru, you know, so I had already done work on the white Subaru and that thing fell apart. And then by this I buy this red Subaru and this guy put a brand new um, engine in it. And this thing had a ton of life in it. I mean, it was a badass. It was kind of beat up, you know, like some road warrior shit, brand yeah. new engine in it. This thing was fucking primo. Like it's just a perfect Montana vehicle. Cause it didn't, fuck, it didn't matter if we fucked up the body and the engine was in great shape, you know, had probably like 30,000 miles on it or something. Yeah. And, um, I, I bought that, but then I started getting issues with that car. I don't like the fuck. And this is where like my previous mechanic skills came into play because they, they tried to turn my car into a car bomb. Uh huh. I didn't make this connection, but basically what they did there, this is one thing I definitely wanted to tell you and the audience about. There's in the back of an old Subaru, there's a differential gearbox and it's got a plug mm -hmm. on it. You have to put a certain type of oil in a differential gear fluid in there. Yeah, what they would oil. Yeah, exactly. So what they would do is they would turn that maybe like a 
uh, like a, a quarter of a turn to an eighth of a turn. And that would be just loose enough for like a little bit of a leak to happen. Mm-hmm. Once enough of once enough of that oil comes out, while you're driving, your wheels can't spin freely because that oil is what lubricates it so that the <clears throat> differentials work. So your back tires. Question. Yeah. Was it the top or the bottom plug? Well, wait a minute. Never, never mind. Keep going. On, on that one, it was just, there's just one big plug right in the back. Yeah. Um. So I, I figured that differentials, you just take the fucking cover off and. Train. Well, there's no, there was no cover so on this only one. one plug. My bad. Yeah. Sorry. No, you're I good. You're good. Up. Nah, fuck <laughs> up. <laughs> you're fine. So. Damn it, man. So. They had like undone this just a little bit and um, it was like spilling out the oil and it creates a ton of drag when you're driving. So I'd be going from Missoula to Kalispell, Kalispell to Missoula. It's a two hour drive. It's like 180 to 190 miles. I was going through a whole fucking tank of gas to get there and back or sometimes even like three quarters of a tank just to get to Missoula on a two hour drive. Like those old Subarus get 32 to 34 miles on the highway. Like, you know, they're badass like that. But another thing they were doing is they were loosening the the hose clamps up there for the fuel lines up under the hood. So now I'm giving it a ton of gas in order to go faster, but there's so much drag that it's not, it's just fighting itself. Yeah. And and with those hose clamps loosened, it's just spraying gasoline onto the hot end. (laughs) And it's just, it's insane. I didn't turn into a ball of flames. Yeah, I mean, I'm so lucky. And I, after the white car I've been fucked with, I um, I, I there was a while I was like, oh yeah, I need to be checking my car. Like, just out of nowhere, I just had this epiphany. Like, I need to be checking on my car all the time, um, in order to like stay safe. Um, I, I figured that trick out, and um, there was one night out when I was in Creston, um. I was super paranoid. I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, they're definitely around or they're around here somewhere. And um, I'm going to bed and it's like dark out. And I, I lay down, like, head at the foot end of the bed right next to the window. And I'm like, I'm just going to lay here and watch, see if anybody fucks with my car. And um, I'm laying there staring out the window. 20 minutes goes by, 30 minutes goes by. 35, 40 minutes goes by. Nothing happens. It's about 45 minutes after when they think I'm going to be asleep. Someone right outside the window takes a little handful of rocks, throws them at the fucking window. And, I, and it kind of like jarred me, but I just laid still and just watched and watched. And I'm just like, oh, my God, like someone's here right now. You know, you didn't even hear them because like you just hear like little sounds in the bushes. Could be an animal, could be anything. As soon as the rocks hit the window, I was like, oh, fuck. So I lay super still staring out the window looking right at my car and about five minutes after the rocks hit the window, I didn't move. And then I see three of those like blue, like their flashlights, they got really low, soft uh-huh. glow. And I see like three or four of them come up back behind my car. And I'm like watching and there's like four people behind my car and they're hand motioning to each other. They're not talking or anything. They're just like hand motioning. What the fuck am I looking at? Someone gets down, crawls under my car. They think I'm asleep. And then they all leave. And I'm just like, holy shit. So I finally go to sleep knowing I need to check my car as soon as I wake up. And um, 
I, the next day I go and instead of hitting the plug, they, they had undone the screws on the right side, uh-huh. but like, I'm not telling anybody that I'm aware of this. So I go ahead and fix it. They had tried it a few more times, but I'd done so much research on these old, um, Subarus that they, there's a, um, Oh, what are those called? There's a, in the fuse box, there's a fuse you can pull out that, um, disables those back differentials so that the wheels just spin freely uh-huh so i i pulled so, that out but i didn't well, tell anybody and it pretty much saved my life because now they can fuck with that differential all they want and i don't have to worry about it then at this point i'm constantly checking the fuel lines i'm constantly getting under the car to fucking um redo any screws that my garage is what that was exactly yeah exactly and that just there's a fuse in the front it was like a 98 subaru and so I, and I guess like one of the reasons I'm telling this is I saw in the comments on the YouTube um, about like, where's his proof that he was gang stalked. And it's like these details I'm, I'm telling you, you would only know if you were gang stalked or if you had like an FBI manual on how to sabotage someone's car, you know? And um, that's one element of it. So I'm checking my car a lot, super paranoid. Like, this is what goes on. And um, there was one night. That this is probably the scariest thing. So they tried to turn my car into a car bomb. Um, there was one day I was super tired, like crazy, just exhausted from the drugs and the paranoia and the stress. And I, like, go back to my buddy's house on the west side to pass out. And um, I, I'm, I'm over there, and I, I'm, like, super on edge, but I, I'm laying down, and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to get a few hours of sleep before I have to do anything. All of a sudden, I hear a motorcycle in the alley. Like, right when I'm about to pass out. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, you know, someone's revving a motorcycle out in the alley. So I lay there, and then I try to go back to sleep. And right as I'm dozing off, it does it again. And I'm like, ah. So try to go back to sleep again. It does it a third time. Someone's just revving a motorcycle. I zip out the door. I pop up super fast, go out the front door, get up around the corner. No one's there. I'm like, what the fuck? Go back in, lay down, hear the revving of that engine again. I'm like, okay, they're not going to let me sleep. Like, they're fucking with me. This is part, I think this is part of the mind control shit. Uh-huh. The sleep deprivation, they're causing it, they're aiding in it, you know? And um, I was like, fuck it, I'm going to go out to Creston and just grab my birth certificate and shit, just like call it a day. And um, so I, I go out to my car and get in my car the way you get to Creston is like, you have to kind of go through, I'm on the West side of Kalispell. You um, kind of travel through Kalispell. You get up on this road called Idaho and you travel East towards the Swan range and you kind of get out there. It's, you're going like 35 to 45 most of the way. Yeah. Then there, there's a, a well-known um, gas station called Woody's. And then at Woody's, it makes a, a, a turn. It forces you to go right around this bend and then it's kind of like a long straightaway that forces you to go left and then out through Creston, which is the town where my mom's friend lived and was watching that house. I was like, okay, I'll go grab my stuff. Cause I had moved out of there because the woman was done with her work for the summer or whatever. So I'm going out, like traffic's going hella slow. I'm tired, I'm frustrated, I'm like not feeling super great. And I I finally like the, the traffic's like going slow and then it like clears out a little bit. A little bit more. As soon as I get around that bend from Woody's, 
this car that's been in front of me the whole time, this white car, like we've been going 35 and a 45. Yeah. I don't know why. As soon as that the road turns to 55 on that straightaway, we've been going 35, yeah. 45. Sorry. Yeah, going 35 and a 45. Traffic's all the way backed up. I mean, it's fucking ridiculous. And as soon as we get on that straightaway, that car that's been in front of me the whole time, like the least suspecting car eater, it pulls off the side of the road. And oh. then I'm like, thank God. And then I start speeding up and I'm coming up on 55 to 60 and my steering wheel starts getting super loose. Just like, and I'm like, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. So I slow way down, down to like 45 and it stabilizes. I speed back up to 50 and it gets a little wobbly at 55. It's like, I have no control over my fucking car. I mean, it's like so loose that a, a full, like I, I'd have to crank it all the way to the right just to be able to make a right hand turn. That is yeah. not how it's supposed to feel. Dang. So I slow way the fuck down. I, I slow down to like 45, get all the way out there. I'm backing up traffic now, get through Creston, go out to my mom's friend's house. And it's like about, twilight at this point and i'm on edge as fuck and i show up and my mom's so these are people i grew up with so the dog the, the younger daughter had this husband he's like the most badass redneck mechanic you ever met like he's just knows cars he's a total gearhead like he knows cars in and out and i'm like hey man like my car is being weird like my steering feels really loose like what would cause that and um he's like He's like, I don't know, man. Like, what did it feel like? I'm like, I don't know. It's like, if I turned it, it like wouldn't engage. It wouldn't work at all. It's like, well, have you thought of this? Have you thought of it? like, I feel like it's something loose, like maybe like a liquid or maybe it's just like a screw that's loose or something. I don't know. So then we start going through checking all the liquids and the fucking automatic transmission fluid had been drained all the way out. And I'm like, that's weird. Wouldn't that make it go tight? And he's like, no, that'll fuck with your differentials. Oh, and I was like, I was like, what? And it, it was drained down to like a tenth of what should be in there. And um, I, really. I'm like, okay. So I, we fill it back up and he's like, hey man, this is dangerous, bud. You got to be careful. And I'm like, why would there be a leak? So the next, that I go grab my birth certificate and social security card. I'm like, all right, guys, man, thanks for your help. I appreciate it. Car's running normal again. You know, the steering is engaging. I check everything. It's good. And, and if it hadn't been for that guy, I'd be fucking dead right now. Mm -hmm. And, um, I get back to town the next morning. I'd parked one spot over to see if there were any leaks or anything. There's a fucking perfect ring from an oil pan right where my car was parked. A fucking automatic like, transmission fluid. Like they and drained, like they, they drained it. They drained it. I, they drained it. And then they had someone follow in front of me out to Creston. And then as soon as the road had, had cleared out, they let me just drive freely thinking I was going to go fucking flip my car like five times or something because my steering was so fucked up, like overcorrecting or something. And, um, I'll net, you know, it, that's pretty fucking scary because like two days before a day before the upstairs neighbor told me she was, had been on meth for fucking like 15 years or something. And she got in a crazy wreck when she was high, she overcorrected her hands, like all she, you know, she's in a wreck. So her right arm, like doesn't fully function. It's kind of like a gimp arm, mm -hmm. you know? And, um, she had told me that. So like when I'm driving in my steering, you know, I'm, this is going through my head like, Oh shit. Like this is serious, you know? And like my, you know, the mechanic guy told me like that was super dangerous. And 
to get back and see like the ring from the oil pan that had been in my car, it's like, oh, they definitely sabotaged my car. Camp with shit like all the time, basically, or every day, yeah, because they just they either wanted me to drive off the road or fucking, um, um, you know, get a you know, get pulled over with something in my car or, um, have the car just not operate. So, you know, because once you don't have a car, like you're so easy to just like constantly be on top of well, not you be a Debbie Downer, but Uh, you know. My old family business was uh, automatic transmissions. Okay, yeah. And if you drain, if you, well, you know, you said there was a perfect fucking spot of like the oil pan. Yeah. If they were draining the fucking transmission fluid out of your fucking transmission, that's not going to affect the fucking steering. That doesn't affect the differentials? No. No, huh. not at all. Whoever told you the that? Fluid, the, the, the steering fluid would the power <laughs> steering fluid. Well, it, yeah, okay, but well, that would make it t- power but, steering fluid. But well, that would make it tight. No, it wouldn't. Oh, if maybe that was the fluid that they had well, done then. No, if you don't have fluid in the transmission, you know what happens. You don't huh. go nowhere. But oh, okay, because it's all power hydraulically steer- driven. What about the power steering that make, makes Wouldn't that make the steering tight though? Now the the power steering is going to make it like super it's going to make it super fucking hard to fucking steer. Yeah. Yeah. Happened before. I can't remember what it was then. But, but they had drained some if, kind if of fluid out. Yeah. If well, <laughs> yeah, the power steering's got it's got nothing to do with the fucking transmission. Well, if they right. fucking drained your transmission fluid, they didn't want you to go nowhere or slowly not go nowhere. I see. So, what would be another? What, what would be another fluid that would mess with the differentials? Because this is what was talked about. Well, that would be gear oil. In the front, though. Yeah, because you. Okay, you maybe that's Subaru, right? Drive. The original oh. fluid that they had it drained was in the gearbox in the back. Well, I. But but where the oil pan was was in the front. I don't, you know, they could have drained his preferential because it's a <laughs> drive. Let me just burp a little bit. No, no, you're good. Your burp, um, but that both differentials, front and back, are all done with gear oil. Whatever they ended up draining out, then made the steering loose, super loose. Man, well, that had nothing to do with any of what they drained out. Maybe they I'm drained- just saying. If, um, if, if they were fucking with your fucking steering, you know. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. If they were fucking with your steering, they would fuck with your fucking power steering. That's crazy if they were doing that though. Well, when I had talked, what I had talked, when I had talked to the um mechanic, he told me that I'm pretty sure it was the automatic transmission fluid would mess well, with the differentials. This is what they both told me. Two mechanics told me. Well, you know, when you buy automatic, okay, say, okay, your power steering is fucking, your power steering fluid is low. Yeah. When you go to the store, what fluid do you buy for your power steering fluid? Right. You buy a fucking quart of power steering fluid? 
or do you just put transmission fluid in it? Because right. It's the same thing, but it's just a different color. I see. So. Oh, like they added, like those mechanics could just pour, ha, only had transmission fluid with it, them, so they poured it in the power steering as a quick fix? No. I mean, like nine, nine times out of ten, if you take it to a fucking, you know, auto mechanic, and they're like, oh, well, the power steering fluid's low, they're uh-huh. just going to pour regular, you know, DT, oh, what is DT? Hyd- it's hydraulic yes. fluid, right? That's something. It's it's the same color, but mm. it was the same fluid, but it's dyed a different color. Okay. There's some mo- there's there's it's, it's a different formula, but it's the same. But, but, but it'll thing. work basically. It, that should have worked. Yeah, it would work just fine. It'll work. You, you know, I. Got a leak and you tightened it back up and you had a can of uh, transmission fluid and poured in it and it worked. Yeah, it's it's going to work just fine. Well. But it sounds like... What do you think would have been drained out to cause that then? I think your well, steering column could have been loose or something like no, that. No, it's got nothing to do with that either. I think... If they were really fucking with you, they would have fucking loosened uh, some of the hose connections to the power steering, uh, col- not the column, but the, the bracket itself. So they blow suddenly? No, so it slowly drains out, and then oh. you don't have as much control hmm. over the vehicle as you normally would have. What, what would drain out? Of the power steering fluid. So do you think that if that was like a meat... Do you think if that was like a medium level, then it would create a loose sensation versus a tight? Because I know once the power steering yeah. gets drained out, the tight the tightness of the steering wheel get it gets so tight you can't even turn. You have to use both hands to turn. It does. It's not smooth. It would be like driving down the road with the vehicle not running. Okay. So all of a sudden, it well, it's like okay, if you stall out going down the road, it would feel you've only got. Well, kind of like a boat, maybe. It, not even a boat. It's you're driving fucking a dangerous piece of fucking machinery yeah. at this point. Because yeah. say, okay, you're driving down the road and you cut the power off on your fuck. Okay, you cut this. You cut the you know ignition off, but you can still turn the sick. You know the the steering wheel. Yeah, you've only got like three pushes of the brake to stop that vehicle but once that fucking pump is not pumping into the fucking steering anymore Uh it's gonna be like driving it's gonna it's not cool yeah yeah gotcha yeah okay well i mean regardless whatever they drained out ended up messing with the steering and that mechanic could help me with that and i came back and seen the, well, the ring the from the are shysters. They're going to tell you it's one thing. Well, this is like a close personal not. friend, though. You know, it, it, well, you know, this was not someone I was I mean, paying or anything. I well, you know, for me, friends are far and few, far and few between. Yeah. So, if, if, you know, a friend that knows how to do, do something is going to say it's one thing, 
when it yeah. could possibly be something else. But they took care sure. of that problem. And Maybe they're like, oh well. Yeah, he might have been mistaken. That's possible. Yeah. Muskie oil. Like we had problems. to melt a whole bunch of muskies for that shit. Well, there was there was like two problems or something. And yeah, I mean, either way though, the steering was messed up, and I think that because of just like the drug use and sleep deprivation, like if I would have wrecked that day, it would have just been pinned on like being a drug user. Yeah. I think but, they were seriously fucking with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they were, yeah. And, and the thing is, like, after like, him and I worked on the car, it drove fine after that. That issue never came up again. And like I said, like, this person that I bought it from put a brand... I bought the car for 1200 This guy put a brand new engine in it. Didn't have any leaks, no problems. Yeah. And, like, knowing my previous experience, like, working on the old white Subaru, that was, like, a 92 or 4 or whatever... Um, all those red Subarus. Mm, I um, <laughs> I, I just like became like pretty obsessed with like doing research on how to fix the car and like going back and like double checking every bolt and seeing what was most easy to reach when you're under there or under the hood. Just they kind of shoot when they're tampering with your car, they're gonna go for kind of obvious things, you know, like a cap or a line um, clamp. And they just loosen it a little bit, you know. Well, that's really fucking interesting because of the, the well, the type of clamps that they fucking use. You've got yeah. it. It was it like hose clamp where you got to use a fucking screw, a screwdriver yeah, to fucking. Yeah, you just got to have a them. screwdriver. Yeah, or exactly. Was it the original manufactured fucking hose clamps, which you need to take it. Well, you you've got to use well, a special tool, tool to take that shit off. No, no, not on this. I mean, this was like a rebuilt engine. It's like a refurbished well, engine it dropped was into rebuilt, it. Then it would whoever installed it would have used the original fucking hose clamps or mm. or new hose clamps that was. They from all of these, all of these were used. All of these could come off and on easily wow. with um with the screwdriver. Then it wasn't Definitely. installed by a fucking professional. No, no, no. I'm it not saying it was. That's not what I'm talking about. I mean, I'm just. I'm saying the person. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on one second. I bought it from a person that was selling it secondhand. Right. It was his family's vehicle, and it had got totaled. When it got totaled, he pulled out the old engine and put the new one in, in himself. So okay, so he did it himself. Okay, He's not a so, mechanic. He worked. At, he well, was a nurse that worked at the hospital. That's what I was telling you. But he did the work well, himself for his own shop. To, he knows enough to put. He knows enough to put a fucking engine in a vehicle. <laughs> I mean, but regardless, you know, you those know, clamps were easy I'm to get on and off with a screwdriver. Yeah, 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 sure. I, I mean, I, I believe what you're telling me, and what I'm telling you is those clamps came on and off easily with a screwdriver. I mean, that just, you know, speaks more truth to, you know, what you're saying is it was fucked with. It was somebody threw a monkey wrench into your fucking shit. Bad. Yeah. But I don't think that like the, the guy or that sold one, the guy that had um sold me the car, like he, he, he told me there was like only X amount of miles on the refurbished engine, like 30. Yeah. 35,000. I only had it for a few months when all this, not even a few months. It's pretty much as soon as I got it, they started tampering with it. 
a lot of coming out to the car, it's unlocked. A lot of like the hoods not all the way closed. Uh-huh. A lot of random leaks just kind of springing up. But it's like I had, I would go back and check all the lines. I would go back and check the plugs and the screws and the bolts, whatever tools I had around. And they were all tight. And those exact same ones where I'd come back out to it later had been messed with. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so this whole thing going out to Creston, like that's, that's a pretty pivotal point for me. Cause it's like, this is fucking dangerous. This is super serious. These people think I'm a real piece of shit. They have to, they wouldn't be trying to kill me if they thought I was just selling weed. You know what I mean? And yeah, I, I can't, that's pretty minimal. Or, weed or is pretty minimal. Weed. They know that you knew about their operations or something. That, exactly. And that's why I think it comes back to that, or they thought I was going to snitch them out, or they thought, I don't know, you know, like any that. number of these things. But it, it really, it just kind of wears on you. This, you know, that's why I was trying to get the money to get the fuck out of there. And, and sometimes, yeah. like, like in my text messages, I'd be talking to someone and I'm like, am I even talking to the person on the other line? Is this the person I think it is, you know, on Facebook or whatever? Uh-huh. And um, I would go back to that person in, in person and be like, hey, do you remember having this conversation with me? Because I, I probably just look nuts at this point. But they'd be like, no, what are you talking about? I'm like, look, right here. I'm like, oh, yeah, that wasn't me. <laughs> like, what? Like, in my face, they're in everything. My Facebook, text messages, Snapchat, Instagram, yeah. emails. Well, um, they're, probably, they're probably opening up the mic to hear my conversations in the room. Oh, definitely, you know, and yeah. now that AI doing all this shit, you know, I got to get out of here and we'll have to do a part three. Um, yeah, but, yeah, uh, I haven't even started to leave Montana at this point. This is uh, interesting and, uh, you know, I've heard a lot of uh, tampering stories and, you know, they definitely do that. Uh, with me, they would, it would always be like they would mess with my transmission, but... um now it actually reminds me of i'll just kind of tell the story real quick when i went to bilderberg um me another telehub guy flew out so we flew to um um virginia to go to chantilly virginia so we flew in and but i parked my big truck at the airport and I knew exactly where I parked and we wrote it down and took pictures and it said like, you know, fucking level five fucking road D number 22 or something. Right. You know what I mean? And right. I like a certain pillar or something. So we knew exactly where that was. So when we get back from the Bilderberg meeting, cause I exposed it and like filmed it and all this stuff. Um, we go to get in the truck and we know exactly where it is and it's gone. It's not there. So we walk through the whole parking garage looking for it on every level and it's nowhere. And I go, well, that's a trip. Maybe we're just tripping. So let's scout every space one by one from every level. And it wasn't there. And then, so I go and I tell someone what the fuck and they go, hold on, wait here. And then they go, I don't know. Uh, you know, I've seen that truck before after like they made us wait there like 40 minutes or something. Mm-hmm. And so then we take one more walk through the parking lot and it's, it's kind of near where it should be, but like not really. 
and like they had towed it back in so like they were bugging the whole truck up or something and they towed Mm -hmm. it out and then towed it back in damn so that's weird yeah yeah yeah, but it turned out so I had just put a transmission in that and then like two weeks after that or even sooner maybe maybe even like the next day or two I think actually it went bad again to top it off. So I felt like right. they like bugs in the truck and sabotaged it again and yeah. that I did go to the Bilderberg meeting and it's bizarre and that truck wasn't there for sure and then all of a sudden it appeared there. Yeah. So weird. Yeah. (laughs) That's a double whammy. Yeah. Yeah. So I think they do do that shit. Uh, They definitely, in my situation, they were messing with the car a lot and I was having to like reverse engineer every aspect of it to figure out what and I... I mean, ultimately, I, I'll explain this in the next show, on part three, but eventually I had to borrow a, a tool set that I kept hidden, like a secret tool set I just kept hidden that no one knew about. I don't think anybody yeah. knew I had it. But and, you um, check things and shit? And like... Well, that way I could go back under, tighten stuff, loosen stuff, double check every fucking thing. I mean, it just, it's just a crazy way to live. Like, everywhere you go. A trip to Walmart, it's either... It's either you go in and you're back out in under five minutes or you come back out 20 minutes later and you have to get under your car and check for all this different shit or you That's drive your car hell. super slow and careful down the road and then go check in like a different location. Wow. That's pretty much how I lived for like five months, you know? Wow. That's I great. Mean, yeah. That's- the gas line stuff that when I finally realized, I'm like, that's a gas. I'm like, that smells like fuel. Cause you just, you have you're not a mechanic you just see lines on the top of an engine and you're just like the fuck but then like when you kind of start piecing it's like oh if this gas line's loose you're spraying gasoline onto a hot engine on a regular basis and if they're draining out your coolant or something you just you could probably burst into flames like (laughs) i don't know i i don't know but right it's, it's pretty scary to like reflect on and you know in that situation driving out to creston it's just like at that point, I'm so freaked out. I'm using drugs. And yeah. it's like, I just need to fucking go. And it just the money keeps slipping through my fingers. And, and I, it hit a point where it's like, I can't afford to just keep paying mechanics random. You know, it's like, I have to just do this on my own and like figure it out. When That's the only come, option. When you come on next time, I'll pull up some of these, like the Michael Hastings, that journalist, people thought they radio controlled his car. Oh, well. I've looked in. Yeah, I've looked at. So th- these are the things that I looked into uh, later on. And um, that's the that's the journalist that ran into that tree. Yeah. And and um, well, just knowing like how easy it was for me to overcorrect, like it, him flying into a tree going around a bend sounds so likely because when I was going down, when I started to speed up and my steering got super wobbly, it just it just became very clear that if my car veered a little bit and I wasn't able to catch control, I would try and overcorrect the other way and just yeah. probably barrel roll off the road yeah. going sixty. You know, it's pr- well, pretty I, fucking scary. I had a truck that was called Fly by Wire, so like they can definitely like tap into this shit and like oh for sure, you know. Well, 
And what was nice about that old Subaru, I mean, this is not that important, but what was nice about that old Subaru is like, I'm a bigger dude, you know, so I could slip underneath it like pr fairly easy and just kind of check, get my head, shoulders under, and just kind of reach around and check stuff and like yeah. get under the hood. Head, shoulders, knees, and toes. Knees and toes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, but yeah. then like if I had to jack up the front end or anything, it's like I could, uh, I could wiggle under and fucking just like fix it all super easy. Yeah. I think it, I think at one point they had tampered with the exhaust system because, like, not like I was getting horrible gas mileage, and I think it was because they loosened the lines. But there was also like a certain like roughness when I first bought it. There was a very smooth, quiet, purring Creep. engine, like a good engine. No, and they had done something to the. To, uh, <laughs> they might I think have... they did. Oh, I don't know what they would have done, but they did something to the exhaust that like. I, I want to say they, I don't, I have no idea. You know, maybe they messed with like the, um, you know, I don't know. I'm not sure, but after so long, the car wouldn't run. And I know like people might chalk that up to me <laughs> just buying a lemon. Yeah. But it's like, but like, I'll just tell you this, like when I left Montana and I want to, I need to go through how I ended up leaving Montana. It's a very pivotal moment. Um, but when I left Montana, there was a three, two or three week period where my phone was off and I was just driving around the country no problems, no leaks, no rough engine, no, I mean, great gas mileage. It's like once I got my hands on it and just left it alone and tightened everything down, the car ran perfect. And I feel like that's just another like point that it, like it was getting yeah. fucked with constantly. Cause it's not like, aside from the one time I saw them through the window, I never saw anybody fucking with my car. Except for that one time when I had to like pretend to be asleep. Uh, I'm going to pull up some some specs and some of these news stories because there's a couple instances that it's reminding me of and we'll go through them too um sure thanks for coming on been with the pen guys everyone follow him i gotta i gotta get locked and fed oh. and, and what was your name what was the other guy's name rusty hey rusty, rusty add me on instagram how, how do i find you uh rusty shacklesford at uh f2 on Twitter, Rusty Shackleford. F okay, Shacklesford. Shackles, yeah, Shackles. means two, not one. Shackles, F O R D. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll add you on Twitter. I use Instagram more, but all right, cool. guys. I've already added you. So. All right, okay. sweet. Sounds good. One, please uh, support the show. Support the broadcast. The links are in the description. Thank you very yep. much. Yeah, thanks for all your help. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.